Welcome, everybody, to a brand new Power Half Hour. My name is Greg Mahochko, and the co-host on the West Coast, Chad Smart. Chad, how are you today? How's everything going out in L.A.? I am out here singing in the rain, as we were discussing before we went on the air. It is that one or two days of the month in the early part of the year that we actually get rain. So, you know, thankfully, I guess this quarantine has is keeping me out of that, out of the weather. But now I feel bad ordering delivery food, and having some poor delivery driver have to trek out into the rain to bring me food. I want to go back to what you said at the very beginning. Singing in the rain. That was Gene Kelly, right? I believe so. Yeah. See? I know my old movies, too, you dweebs. I don't know why I called our listeners dweebs. That's, that was a really random pull. Uh, yeah, I guess we don't have the nerdy Nimrods. We'll have to come up with the, the power personificators. I don't know. I'm not going to. I don't know. Uh, let's not open up that can of worms. <laughs> uh, what we are going to open up is a lively discussion about a 2012 movie that when you suggested it and another option, and all I asked you, I said, I don't, don't tell me any plot. Just tell me who's in the movie. And the other one starred Rain Wilson and uh, Patricia Arquette. And this one was an ensemble cast of a lot of people that I've never heard of. But the familiar names were David Cross, Julia Stiles, and America Ferreira, who I only know her from Ugly Betty. Um, but the topic, the movie this week... Again, 2012's kind of fun to bring back in, in the moment that we're in. I don't know if you did that on accident or, pur- or on purpose, but we'll find out because it's a disaster. Lexi is uh, Peter's wife. Lexi is Buck's wife. Buck's Emma wife. is Pete's wife. Okay. Yes. All right. Oh. Hi. Okay. Hi, Ann. Hi. Where'd you and Tracy meet? Online. Shame in that. That's where we found our vet. That's great. That's really good. Yeah, it'll help you get through this. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Hey, who's uh, who's this other guy in the picture with Tracy? That's uh, Brett? No, that's Roger. Oh, uh, that is Roger. Emma's moving out. Why? Why? Ah, because we're getting a divorce. I thought you wanted to wait until the end of brunch. You guys haven't heard? Heard what? That a bunch of dirty bombs were set off downtown? Uh, what's a dirty bomb, bro? Is anyone infected? Infected with what? With whatever's out there. Well, we don't know what's out there. And that's exactly what's scaring me. Put some clothes on. Why bother, man? Let's go out the way we came in. We're all gonna be dead. In like three hours. <laughs> We're not gonna last out here. Well, maybe you should learn to show up to things on time, huh? Things are gonna degrade very quickly. Okay, okay, perfect. The rules of society are gonna break down. Uh, Your life is gonna be in the hands of the people you can trust. Do you have any weapons? Guns, mace, crossbows? Oh, oh, what? Well, you just 
it was building to the big finale and you just cut it off right before it ended. Oh God, I'm sorry. Let's having a party? It's brunch. Guess I missed my invite. So when you texted me to see what we were going to watch for this episode, I hadn't picked anything out and I just started going through Hulu and tried to find something that looked, you know, kind of along the lines of the movies that we've been watching lately. And yes, the first one up was a movie called permanent with Rain Wilson and Patricia Arquette. Um, that one may come back around later. I don't know. Uh, it looks very interesting. I'll just say, and then the other option was It's a Disaster, this ensemble piece, which I'm, I'm kind of glad you picked this one because I think it fit in perfectly with, uh, you know, what we're all dealing with right now. And as you gathered from that trailer, hopefully, that it's all about a brunch, with a couple's brunch where people get uh, secluded into the house because I guess it's a terrorist attack has just happened and – they, they are all sequestered while trying to figure out what is going on. And as I'm sure you are all aware, a lot of us, a lot of us are sequestered right now as we try to figure out what's going on. And the movie came out in 2012. And I like how they, uh, how do I, they made a pop culture reference that I was just downright giddy to hear. Uh, it come to find out that, you know, the, uh, uh, what, what they think is, you know, like a, just, you know, gas attack or something ends up being, or at least they, they believe it, it ends up being VX nerve gas. And one of the characters, a, a nerdier character, I will admit, he says, uh, just like The Rock. And The Rock, of course, Sean Connery, Nicolas Cage, was my introduction to Nick Cage movies. And, oh, wow. uh, yeah, and, uh, I, you know, I have a soft spot in my heart for that movie. Um, you know, I, you say what you want about Nick Cage later in his career, some of his choices or acting choices, but uh, you know I think he gave about as non-prototypical Nick Cage performance in that movie as you could, and we got to see Sean Connery for one of the final times. So uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of The Rock. Uh, I saw it in the theater. Don't think I've seen it since. Well, you are missing out, sir. You are missing out. Um, but yeah, to, to piggyback on on what you're saying, it is a couple's brunch. Four couples, eight individuals. Obviously, uh, they are getting together. Some, you know, brunch time not, that varies. You know, depending on who's hosting, I suppose. And they're completely unaware. They're, you know, one guy's trying to follow, uh, you know, a sporting game. The, another one's trying to follow. He's he's found. X-Men, I want to say it was 126, 162. Anyway, it, it's classified as, and I, I didn't do the research to see if it was accurate, but it was supposedly the first uh, appearance of Alpha Flight. And, you know, he's trying to buy that on auction for five bucks because he says he can, you know, it's worth 160. So he's, you know, trying to, uh, you know, score a deal. Uh, and he... They they lose internet. There's no TV. They're going to try to watch the game. The phone is down, and they have no idea what's going on. Until now let me stop you real, real quick. Okay, Do please. you are you familiar with Alpha Flight? Yes, Canadian group of superheroes. Uh, okay. Actually, where you know, depending on you know what 
writer you're reading, it's where, um, you know, uh, Wolverine was a member of Alpha Flight before he was an X-Men. So Interesting. Okay, I didn't know if that sent tingles up your comic book nerd spine or if it's if it's something that a lot of people should be familiar with so it's it was unexpected that they went first appearance of alpha flight you know in 2012 when alpha flight you know doesn't have a movie there's no like nobody's talking about alpha flight and maybe that's what uh, writer director Todd Berger was going for you know they could have done uh, you know anything that's a shade more notable but they went first appearance of alpha flight and kudos to them. Um, Alpha Flight doesn't get the love that they deserve, in my opinion. So, um, yeah. Well, it's probably because they're Canadian. How dare you, sir? And you've been to Canada, and I've never even been. Multiple times. I've pretty much been coast to coast. and Except the East Coast. And top to bottom. No, not really. Mainly just bottom. Well, I don't think anybody goes to the top of Canada. Calgary. Yeah, that's still the bottom. I mean, you know, I'm thinking the top is all those island native places that I don't know the names of. Uh, the upper territories, I think, is what they're called. Would you go to? Would you ever go to Saskatoon, Saskatchewan? Um, I would have to uh, look at a map to see where that actually is. I know I've been to Saskatchewan, and I would play the Muppets. Um, Moving right along song as as I was driving through Saskatchewan. Footloose and fancy free. Yes. Ready for the big time. Is it ready for me? So there's a chance. I'm I'm by the way pulling up a Saskatoon map and I've got a So it is uh Boy Howdy. I'm just gonna say it's up there. Okay. It's up there, it's uh well you've been to Edmonton, right? Yes. Okay, so it's further south. If you went, you know, Edmonton, Calgary, north to south, and then there's a town, according to this map, there's a town, a city, whatever, called Red Deer, between those two. Yeah, familiar with it. Okay, so if you draw a line from Red Deer east, you'll maybe drop it down just a little bit. You'll run into Saskatoon. Okay. It's not too far. No. I You've been to Edmonton, so I, I consider that, that you've been up there. You haven't been to Manitoba. Yeah, I've been to Winnipeg. Okay, well, you haven't been to northern Manitoba. Eh? Probably not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been to all the places that have hockey teams. Sure. Professional. Yeah. Canada is massive. Yes, it is. I think sometime you and Mike need to go to King William Island or Cambridge Bay. Yeah, and I have to look it up to see where those are. Just, just know I'm still scrolling north and... They're up there quite a ways. Uh, all right. So anyway, not to get on to a uh, uh, Canadian geography lesson, but uh, yeah. So the four couples, uh, the the main couple that you are introduced to first is uh, Glenn and Tracy. And this is this is going to sound mean. And I, I mean no offense, but this is where they lost me very early on because it, let me know if you're in agreement with me, but – How do I put this delicately? I'm not trying to make a generalization, but in my mind's eye, I don't see any world where David Cross is in a relationship with Julia Stiles. Uh, do you know who David Cross is married to? No, but now I'm going to feel stupid, aren't I? 
Uh, he's married to Amber Tamblyn from the uh, Traveling Pants movie, which also starred America Ferrara. Ferrara. I'm looking her up. She's, I think, I'm going to say almost 20 years younger. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to carry on that thought. <laughs> it's just no, like, I just found, you know, I, I think starting off with these two characters and showing, I guess, their differences. And this is the first time Dave Cross's character, Glenn, is coming to brunch. He's getting to meet the friends. And apparently Julia Stiles has a history of dating guys that don't pan out too well with her friends. And, uh, yeah, this movie just kind of showed, I don't know, David Cross is just kind of a, a I don't want to say weird character, but uh, I, I I don't know why they would have been dating after the first date, uh, given their personalities. And it's funny because it, are, are we, we do spoilers on this, right? Um, sure. So they – the, the first scene is the two of them driving up to and uh, arriving to the party in, in, by the way, a Chrysler PT Cruiser, which if you have a Chrysler PT Cruiser listener, trade it. Trade it for any other vehicle, with the exception of a Chevy HHR. Just trust me. You'll do, you'll, you'll do yourself a favor. Anyway, um... They are listening to classical music in the background and, you know, they arrive, they're having the brief conversation and Tracy, Julia Stiles is trying to fill in a, a David Cross on, you know, like just she's reminding him about, you know, some of the uh, finer aspects of her friends because this is the first time, as you mentioned, that he's uh, meeting any of them and he shuts off the vehicle right as the 1812 Overture is starting to pick up to its climax and she looks heartbroken and devastated. She's like, Oh, do you don't, when, when the song's getting, you know, right to its good part, you don't listen to it. He's like, ah, I've heard it. And you know, she said, Oh, but it doesn't make you feel any, you know, incomplete or anything like that. Uh, it's a throwaway conversation until I realized that I'm, I'm, I'd listen to the music. What about you, Chad? Would you, would you hear the song, be it, you know, a, a classical piece like, the 1812 Overture or, you know, any, you know, song or any one-hit wonder that you and Mike love so much, uh, particularly Mungo Jerry. I know you don't turn the vehicle off for that one. Um, but when No, I just stare it straight into the nearest telephone pole. <laughs> That's too, too, too much, too far. Uh, but do you, do you uh, sit there and listen to the f- finale of the song or do you just like, nope, I'm here? No, I try to listen to... I may not finish the song, but I'll finish like up to the next, you know, bridge or whatever. And even if I'm pulling into my driveway and a song ends, like I have to find another song that I can listen to for that last 10 feet of driving. So I am very much with the Tracy character on this. As was I. I'm not going to lie. Um, so yes, and, and he said, "Well, I, I'll 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 turn it back on." And then they turned it back on, and because they were listening to the radio, it was just you know like the public access kind of NPR type of, and that was the eighteen twelve overture. So they're like, "Oh yeah, the radio, we missed it." Uh, so they get to the party. Um, they are a couple, three out of four, no, four out of five to arrive. The let, let's just get into it. 
there's dysfunction in almost all of the relationships to the point that you think that Tracy and Glenn, who are on their third date, are going to be the, you know, like the, the model couple. Uh, the hosts are getting a divorce. Uh, another couple is swingers, essentially. Uh, and the third couple is the, the nerdy guy and the super science teacher played by America Ferreira. And they look like a mismatch. They have, um, been engaged for six years. You come to find out and they just, uh, won't set a date because as you learn towards the end of the movie and one of the climactic arguments, uh, she just doesn't think he takes it seriously. And because of that, if I correct me if I'm wrong, she doesn't really take him seriously. She wants him to. Get I thought he takes everything too seriously. Like he can't make a decision. That's what it was. Uh, overanalyzes everything. Yep, you're right. My mistake. I, um, and that plays a part too because he he's convinced that it's aliens or you know like the world is ending and the world, at least their world, uh, is, you know, coming to an end in in some form or fashion. But you know, as soon as they kind of learn it, as I mentioned earlier, all of the you know, radio and TV, all communication devices are out. The neighbor comes over and he's like, oh, uh, you guys are having brunch. Thanks for inviting me. You know, real sarcastic. But he's in a hazmat suit with a full, uh, you know, mask and shield. And he's like, you guys don't know? No, no what? So there's been an attack. And, you know, throughout the periods of this, you hear sirens going away. So you think if anyone was curious, they'd reach their, you know, head out the door and be like, what the hell's going on? But they're not. They're too uh, focused. Um, so they said, well, you got to help us, right? He's like, yeah, I'll help you just like you invited me to the party. So then they start taping up, you know, windows and doors. The fifth couple comes over. They're notoriously late. And they've gone through the nerve gas area. And they're bleeding out of their nose and ears and stuff. And Tracy, who's a doctor, she's like, we can't let you in. And lets them die on the front porch. which was the right decision, but that's not never a decision I would have thought Julia Stiles would make. No, and I, I mean, that kind of took me by surprise because I didn't know what was going to happen in the film, and I didn't expect it to actually be, uh, you know, a nerve gas situation mm-hmm. or even anything serious. I thought it was going to be a giant misunderstanding in the end, and then so when these, these this couple shows up and they leave them on the front porch and they die there, which then we get several several shots throughout the rest of the exteriors, film of exteriors right. with them just lying on the steps dead. Yeah, that was, uh, it's a bit heavy, but like you said, it's the right call. If you don't show one, I think this, the, the perfect takeaway from that scene is what Julia Stiles tells the couple. It's like, well, maybe you shouldn't be late yeah. every week. <laughs> right. Learn punctuality. Yeah. Um, I, I take it you're a big proponent on that kind of nonsense. Uh, I am very much a big proponent of punctuality. Full, full disclosure. I don't understand fashionably late. No. Uh, what about just late? No. All right, fine. I'll, I'll try to, if you know how time works, I'll try to be better next time, Chad. I promise. (laughs) Uh, full disclosure for the listeners is that, uh, Wicked, I almost, I say Wikitopia. That's not right. Wikipedia, (laughs) uh, does, uh, describe this as, a uh, 2012 American art house black comedy film, which Mar- I, I, I would assume dark comedy, dark comedy is a better uh, version of, of that uh, descriptor. Um, that did have some comical moments, didn't it? 
It did. And there was one line that really caught me by surprise. And I can't remember what it was now. I should have written it down. But yeah, I wouldn't say this. I mean, this isn't ha ha funny, but it's it's got its moments. And, you know, like you said, it's an ensemble cast of very talented people. I don't know. Did you ever watch the um, Kevin James show, the last one that he did? I did not. Okay. Because the girl that played Emma, the main character, she played his wife the first two seasons until they killed her off and brought back Leah Remini. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so let's run down the, the list. Of course, we've mentioned uh, Julia Stiles. We've mentioned uh, America Ferreira and David Cross. Uh, Rachel Boston is in there. Kevin M. Brennan. Uh, Jeff Grace. Aaron Haynes. Uh, who is uh, the actress you mentioned who was on the uh, latest Kevin James show, Blaze Miller, uh, Jesse Draper was a dog walker with a bit part. Mm-hmm. Laura Adkin was uh, Laura Adkin and Rob McGillivray. McGillivray were the two, they were the late couple who didn't even warrant a, you know, come on in. Sorry, you look like hell. Uh, and then the neighbor, Hal, who came over in the hazmat suit was the writer and director, Todd Berger. So, yeah, and the only one I know the name Kevin Brennan. I think he's a stand-up comic, maybe. But yeah, outside of David Cross, America for Aaron Hayes, oh, and Julia Stiles, I didn't recognize anybody. But they, according to their Wikipedia's, they've all been working. So I'm just not very observant. The uh, uh, that Kevin Brennan yeah. uh, or Brennan, yeah, Brennan, he was in some stuff that I've seen. But I couldn't tell you, you know, I'm looking at his Wikipedia page. I remember the lake house. He was in that with uh, uh, Keanu Reeves. He had a small role in that. But um, let's see if there's anything else that, I'm, that jumps out at me real quick. He was in the to-do list, uh, Super Zeros. I don't know. I'm, I'm grasping at straws now. Um, but anyway, he, he, the face looked familiar, and he was in that uh, uh, couple that was essentially swingers like she – uh, slept with the host, you know, the 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 husband and, and the couple of the host, and he slept with the wife, and the the swinging couple knew about it, but the other two did not. So they find out it's it's revealed through the movie. You slept with her. You slept with him. You know that type of thing. And then you know it's it's when the world's ending. I guess forgiveness is easier to easier to come across, but um. What'd you think about the movie, Chad? I enjoyed it. I thought it was a uh, it was a nice surprise. It's not a movie that I probably would have watched otherwise had we not been doing this show. Um, I didn't realize that it was from 2012 when I started watching it. Which you know, if you go back to that time period where we all thought the world was going to end, and apparently the Mayans were eight years off, um, it kind of fit in with the time. And yeah, I like you said, it was a nice little dark comedy surprise that uh, I would recommend to people to watch because uh, the one thing I don't want to spoil is the ending, but right. that ending just kind of, wow. I, you're right. And, uh, you know, at one point the, uh, the science teacher, um, she's like, no, I'm, I'm making homemade ecstasy. You know, she's, she's like, I, all of the work that I've done, you know, I'm going to die today. What's the point? I'm, I'm at least going to go out having fun and, you know, starts like trying to get it start a dance party. And, and, uh, yeah, we're not going to reveal the, the, the twist at the end because, well, I, I fear that I can't 
say what I want to say without giving folks some indication. Um, but oh, all right. So everybody has their issues. I'll, I'll say this. Everybody has, everybody at the brunch has their issues. You feel like Glenn, AKA David Cross and Tracy, Julia Stiles are, you know, like the, the poster couple. Uh, but you know, they make a comment, you know, her friends make a comment that, you know, like, Oh, I wonder how long Glenn's going to last. And, you know, because apparently Julia Stiles character, you know, goes through men like, you know, you know, just quickly, you know, and grows tired of them, mm-hmm. finds finds something wrong with them, and probably are legitimate, uh, you know, claims along the way. Um, and yeah, I mean, that, that, now I feel like by omission, I'm, I'm, you know, giving giving something away. But uh, no, I'm completely on board. I, I thought the way that the movie ended was terrific. Uh, first of all, for me you had closure because they played the end of the damn song, you know, <laughs> like the, the song that got, you know, that, that they turned off the, the vehicle at the beginning, uh, of the movie. They're like, Oh, finally the 1812 overture. I can, you know, I can, I can die a happy man, so to speak. Uh, but there, there are clever aspects in, in the soundtrack, uh, good use of, of the, you know, and this is a minimal, Score. I mean, this this only made sixty round up and say sixty one thousand dollars at the box office. So it's not like it had a a huge, you know. I, I don't even know where a movie like this opens up. Um, in, in you know plays and is distributed. Any you're you're in the biz. Can you can you uh, fill us in on that? Yeah, this would be an art house film. Um, you know, a smaller smaller theater that doesn't get your huge blockbusters. So, so no, and, and what could you give us an example of like what an art house? Okay, so you're familiar with the St. Louis area. Are, mm-hmm. Would you know of any? Um, I believe the Tivoli, if that's still open in the downtown okay. Loop area. Okay, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm familiar with that. I, I saw a, uh, I saw a big budget Marvel movie there years ago mm. uh, for free, and a, and a special sneak preview for media people. It was X2, X-Men United. And it was at like one o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, that's the only one that I can think of off the top of my head. Okay. It's, yeah. It, I mean, here in LA, we have uh, probably uh, two handfuls of independent cinema. Okay. And, and, and one theater that shows movies that uh, I don't think ever get released outside of that theater. So, yeah. So, so yeah, this movie was not made. This is. You know, probably a micro budget film. I'm getting, I was reading up, um, Todd Berger and I think most of the cast or half the cast all were part of a, a comedy troupe. So I'm sure they all know each other and were working very cheaply. There you go. But yeah. Um, it did win some awards. It was in the <clears throat> Bend Film Festival in 2000, all years or the 2012 for every year, but won the best screenplay. Uh, in the Edmonton International Film Festival, it won the Grand Jury Award for best feature. Uh, the audience choice and at the New Orleans Film Festival won audience award for best picture. Uh, we mentioned that, uh, uh it had, uh, in August, well, it had a brief run, uh, of theatrical and digital release, uh, from Oscilloscope Laboratories. Uh, and that was in August. It actually, um, opened in New York and LA, LA, uh, in April of 2013. 
with theat- theatrical distribution expanding into additional markets uh, the following week, April 19th, 2013. Movie earned 15300 uh, 5,100 per theater over its first weekend in, uh, in limited release. Um, it is, as we mentioned, it's on, it's available for free. You can watch it. Uh, we watched it on Hulu. I also saw that it is on the Tubi app that, uh, you pointed out to me before. Uh, it's also on Vudu, both of those for free. Uh, or you can pay 99 cents to watch it on Amazon Prime or, you know, but if, if you can get it for free, it's it's worth a free watch, is it not? Oh yeah, I would highly recommend this movie. I think uh, there was another movie on Hulu called Cover Versions, which is also by the same director, and it was a movie that I was also going to recommend. But maybe we'll save that for a later viewing. But right uh, now, Greg, we have about fifteen seconds. So really, what are your final words? My final words were: I hated this movie until you found out about the nerve gas attack, and then I really <laughs> enjoyed it. Okay. Well, loyal loyal listener, you can watch it and tell us what you thought. And uh, all I can say is we are out of time. It's under attack! It's under attack! The G.I. Joe headquarters is under attack! This is it, the G.I. Joe headquarters, and there's never been a command post like it. Man the battle tank! A real American hero! I've located Cobra! We've captured a Cobra officer! Put him in the stockade! Way to go, Joe! We chased off Cobra. We saved the G.I. Joe headquarters. G.I. Joe headquarters. All figures and equipment sold separately from Hasbro. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.